Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast, now part of the Finding Genius Foundation. I have a returning guest, Dr. Bill McGraw. Bill has been on the program many times. He is involved with some would consider alternative therapies for health and for healing that seem to be very effective. It's chelation for heavy metal toxicity, understanding how aluminum affects the body, understanding how GMO compounds and other, I guess you'd call them, uh, you know, hazards that we breathe in, that we drink, that we eat, et cetera, treating people for cancer, many different health modalities that are, again, considered to be alternative, but appear to be you know, have great efficacy. Bill has uh, quite a number of testimonials from people that he's helped where he's improved their health dramatically. But I have him back today so we're going to talk about removing heavy metals from the body through elation and microcurrents. So welcome back, Bill. Thanks very much for having me, Richard. It's great to be back again. Yeah, if you would, for, for listeners that haven't heard you before, can you give a quick sketch of your background and then we'll get into the topic for today? Yeah, sure. I actually started off with pre-med undergrad. And I switched over to different sciences, but I ended up completing three degrees, three different majors, three different universities, and then moved on to postdoctorate fellowships. And then over the past 10 years, I went back to studying medicine, still working on my natural degree in naturopathic medicine, which was disrupted by the, the mining pandemic. We all know what that is. But I've actually been studying medicine for 40 years, going back even before the, well, I'd have to say I started about the late, early 90s and began studying the likes of Dr. Linus Pauling with vitamin C and and then later on got into heavy metals. And how that happened is about 12 years ago, I began experiencing really bad insomnia. Well, I went to 10 different doctors in two countries over five years and nobody could help me. All they could do was give me more and more drugs and I became addicted to drugs to sleep. And so I you know, I kept going back to this doctor because the drugs kept wearing off. And they said, look, I don't have any more drugs. Don't come back here. So I sat outside the office wondering exactly what to do. And I had to begin studying medicine again to figure out what was wrong with me. And I figured out I had heavy metals. And so I wrote a 400 page, 500 source book on mercury to figure out how to get rid of these heavy metals because that was what was causing the insomnia. I actually developed anxiety one or two years into the insomnia because no one could help me and I was suffering from severe mineral deficiency. I supplemented with minerals and the anxiety was gone and my insomnia improved. Well, at that point I got freaked out because after seeing 10 of these doctors, I couldn't figure out why not one of them could tell me something about heavy metals and indicate that was my problem. So I just got right back into medicine and four. And then after going through the detox and heavy metal information and, and writing a book, I wrote a second book on the load of detox and working on a third on copper. Uh, then I got into Rife Technology probably about eight years ago, and that was Spooky to Rife Technology. Uh, no, John White, who developed the program. About seven years now, which is the first interview I had for my Mercury book. And I've been studying to studying it so intensively over so many years that I, I became a world authority on rife technology, exactly what it can do and how to apply the human body to solve all kinds of chronic disease. And I've considered uh, to be their best trainer or world authority in, in Spooky So then I became a world authority in rife technology, specializing in Spooky software. And I consult uh, using that software and how to treat chronic disease. 
nearly every day of my life for the past three years become my main passion and my main role here in my main source of revenue these days. And I do seminars once a month for school K2. You can find them on my webpage, drglobalbroad.com. And you can look at these videos or two hours each about uh, fixing all kinds of uh, chronic disease problems in the human body. Today, we're going to be talking about heavy metals. Okay, so to set the table here for this discussion, when people have chronic disease, they develop chronic disease, typically middle to late age, and it's because of toxicity in the human body. From my studies of, of heavy metals in the human body, first using hair tests, so anybody who studies knows what that is, and then secondly, using a new technology called quantum magnetic analysis. And what this is, is a frequency device where you just hold basically a metal, you know, piece of metal in your hand. It's like a column of metal connected to a machine. It puts frequencies into the body. It measures magnetic fields. And there's a certain magnetic field from heavy metals. And then it measures that and then gives a report and tables and graphs showing you what heavy metals you have and what mineral deficiencies you have as a result of the heavy metal. And so once I can do that on a client, I can figure out what heavy metals they have and measure them regularly as they're detoxing from the heavy metals. So in other words, we always start out with sweat therapy because it's just really safe. It has a leveling effect, the higher the heavy metals in the blood, the higher in the sweat. So we start off with that and then we engage intestinal binders. We do gut cleanses with certain fiber blends that you can get. And then we clean that out. The reason is we need to do that is because 80% of all the heavy metals in your body are removed through the gastrointestinal tract every day. And they have to be bound. These metals have to be bound to a chelator uh, and a piece of protein and they get recirculated back through the blood into the liver, gastrointestinal tract, and out every day with uh, daily elimination. Wait, wait, wait. What are the sources of, of heavy metals that people would have no idea they're getting? What are common sources for people? Yeah, uh, absolutely. An incredibly important question. Everybody knows about the mercury medical fillings, the lower tuna. They don't do that. And then some people tell me that and they'll ask me, where did they get it? Well, right now, there's more volcanoes going off all the time in the atmosphere, probably 10 times more than there was 30, 40 years ago. So there's a whole lot of mercury in the atmosphere. If you're standing near a volcano, absorbing, you're inhaling heavy metals, and it can be found in your urine if you take a test. So you're with all these volcanoes, there's more mercury in the atmosphere than ever before, coupled with the fact that the biggest input of mercury into the atmosphere right now is from panic for gold. Right now, gold is $2,000 an ounce, so everybody's out there in the streams in different countries, Central and South America, using mercury, pouring liquid mercury into pans to amalgamate the gold, and then they can remove that blob of mercury and gold that's amalgamated, burn off the mercury in a pan using a torch. It goes up into the atmosphere, they get their gold, they go to town to party. But unfortunately, that mercury rises in the atmosphere, transfers all over the world, and we breathe it in. Can it be, even be measured in glaciers in different places, you know, like Wyoming? And so we know that the mercury is super high in the atmosphere, higher than it's ever been before. So just by breathing, you're getting in mercury. Coupled with this, China's burning more coal than they ever have in the past 50 years, more coal than the rest of the world combined. And they tell everybody they're environmentally safe, but actually they're just producing more and more coal plant, plants, industrial world giant that we all them to be. And there's always a price with that. The price is more mercury in the atmosphere because coal contains more than one part per million mercury. And every time it's burned, that goes right up in the atmosphere. China doesn't have any environmental control, so they're constantly putting mercury in the atmosphere. Plus, coupled with that, 
is chemtrails. Right now, I will pick up chemtrails with spooky to scalar equipment, and I'll read such heavy metals as vanadium, beryllium, tungsten, and so on, and I'll pick that up in scans, and people will always have that after we have a lot of chemtrails that we can see. In the so they're breathing in the chemtrail metals. They're breathing in mercury from the atmosphere, and right now, there's other heavy metals such as arsenic and cadmium that are higher than ever in our environment just because the entire world has become more and more and more polluted. There's more dolphins and whales in the ocean dying at an epidemic rate than ever before. The curve has gone straight up. Nobody's talking about that, of course, because not the news hardly ever. That's what's causing it. It's all heavy metal. If you measure, you take a sample from a whale that's died from beaching itself, you'll find that the mercury and aluminum levels in that whale are 250 times higher compared to whales that have not beached them. So the mercury in the atmosphere right now is through the roof. It's higher than ever water fluids. It's very hard to escape unless you're filtering your water with the carbon activated carbon ion exchange resin filter. You're eating only organic from organic soils. You're measuring mercury or lead or any kind of heavy metal in certain food types, even tea, coffee, certain non-organic items. There's food, most of the food we eat is processed and made from some other place, some other country. And so it's hard to figure out what you're eating and what it contains. But buying local and growing, growing organic and testing your food locally is probably the best way to go. So that's the long story, I guess, in regards to how we're getting the heavy metals into our body. So it's being breathed in for the most part, but is it going into food at all through fertilizer or, you know, settling on places where food is grown? Like what, what are the other methods in which uh, we're ingesting this? Well, if you live near a coal burning power plant, you're going to be ingesting mercury because it's put up into the atmosphere and it lands on soils. And if you grow your plants on soils that contain heavy metals, some plants will preferentially absorb heavy metals from the soil. So that's definitely off of your tea plants would do that, but also other certain types of plants, I think. Certain types of grains will absorb more heavy metals than others, so you could be inputting those into your diet. The rice grown in the Sacramento Valley, which received all of the mercury from Gold Rush of 1884, 1849 to 1884, Gold Rush in California put tons and tons of mercury. I think it's 225,000 tons of mercury into the environment. Some of it evaporated, some of it went into the Sacramento Valley. So all rice grown in the Sacramento Valley has a very high rate of mercury in it because the plant of rice uh, preferentially absorbs the heavy metals from the soils. And then as you're eating the rice, that's why you're getting mercury. So it's it's not easy to avoid it in food, but all processed foods, so any kind of cake foods or processed foods will contain things like aluminum or heavy metals because it's during the, the processing, it's put into the food. And sometimes food could be sourced on areas that are contaminated with heavy metals. And so that ha most heavy metals end up in the processed food that we eat. Before we continue... I've been personally funding the Finding Genius podcast for four and a half years now, which has led to 2,700 plus interviews of clinicians, researchers, scientists, CEOs, and other amazing people who are working to advance science and improve our lives and our world. Even though this podcast gets 100,000 plus downloads a month, we need your help to reach hundreds of thousands more worldwide. Please visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click on Support Us. We have three levels of membership from 10 to $49 a month, including perks such as the ability to see ahead in our interview calendar and ask questions of upcoming guests, transcripts of podcasts you're interested in, the ability to request specific topics or guests, and more. Visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click support us today. Now back to the show. So what kind of symptoms will people get versus which heavy metal they have in them? Like if they have a lot of mercury versus, versus the other ones, what kind of symptoms will they have? 
Yeah, typically right now, the biggest thing I always talk about is for two out of three people over the age of 80 is going to develop and die from Alzheimer's. Okay, that's the way that number is looking. It's increasing. It's actually gone from one to three to two to three. And right now, the biggest problem that people are going to be having is things like brain fog. So memory loss is one of the big symptoms you're going to have from heavy metals. But there's also intestinal problems, you know, that so many people develop, you know, here. Any colon inflammation could be from heavy metals, poor digestion, you know, you know, uh, disease, chronic diseases like multiple sclerosis and Lou Gehrig's disease is all caused by heavy metal toxicity. And so anxiety is very typical from heavy metal toxicity, creating mineral deficiency. Anxiety is a physiological response to mineral deficiencies. And when you supplement with minerals that are deficient in typically magnesium, potassium, the anxiety disappears. This is what happened to me. I would develop insomnia. I would develop anxiety. So that's the classic example. When you're talking about symptoms, I know because these are the symptoms I had and, and the problems I had to face in high and all I had to fix them on my own by detoxing from heavy metal. So those are your big symptoms. Brain fog, also anxiety, insomnia, aches and pains are very typical with aluminum and mercury and other heavy metals. So any of those symptoms are very classic mercury and heavy metal toxins. So how long do people typically have these problems and what are they mistaken for? How do you figure out what the real problem is? You know? Yeah, typically, if you're going to be measuring heavy metals, you find them in the human body. If you didn't have a way to measure them and you went to your doctor, he's going to first give you a prescription for pain. Then he's going to give you a prescription for antidepressant. Then you're going to get a prescription for insomnia. And you're going to be on drugs for the rest of your life because it's not going to get better until you test the detox. 95% of all heavy metals are stored in the liver and kidney, and they stay there until we intensively detox. So if you're not sweating, if you're not eating antioxidants to promote glutathione production in the human body, glutathione is the body's master antioxidant and key letter. If you're not doing that, then chances are all the heavy metals will stay in the kidney and liver. There's 200,000 people getting a kidney put into their body every year because it's toxic from heavy metals. 80% of all the mercury is stored in the kidney. So when your kidney gets, or, you know, becomes inflamed and stops working, you have to get another kidney or you're going to have to intensively detox. But those heavy metals stay in the organs until we aggressively detox and remove them. They're put back into the blood. We're circulated through the body, back to the liver and processed, attached to a key layer. So glutathione, if you don't have a lot of inflammation, you're eating a uh, well-balanced diet with antioxidants, your body's going to make glutathione and remove the heavy metals from the blood. And when you do sweat therapy, your skin is like the third kidney. And this helps you to remove heavy metals from the human body just through sweat. And there's all kinds of research showing that heavy metal concentrations are higher in sweat than they are in the blood. So it's an ongoing, you know, daily, weekly process that you have to engage in to remove heavy metals typically in the orders of months, even to years, if you have a lot of heavy metal. So when people come to you and again, what's a typical treatment protocol and, and what do people experience after, let's say the first treatment or subsequent ones? Yeah. When people first come to me, you know, typically these days it's insomnia, aches and pains, anxiety, depression, things like that. And even, you know, lots of inflammation, minor amounts of cancer, a dysfunctional movement disorder, you know, problems with joints or, you know, obesity even is mineral deficiency. So if a person is severely overweight, chances are they're very mineral deficient, which causes lots of, you know, chronic hunger and pickle or what they call, you know, strange, you know, desire for food. Sometimes they're chewing up pencils or their fingernails or whatever, smoking or drinking. And that's typically a mineral deficiency caused by heavy metals. So I get them into the office. I'll run this quantum magnetic analysis. I sell that machine on my website for $185. I've done research on it for 10 years. I measure the heavy metals in the human body, look at the mineral deficiencies, 
We supplement with the minerals, which increases things, which increases energy typically, because a lot of people come to me with fatigue. And so fatigue normally goes with insomnia. And so that's always heavy metals in the human body. So we measure those metals. They engage in sweat therapy. They take some chelators or sulfur compounds such as methyl sulfonylmethane. And so all heavy metals attach to sulfur in the body, but they also attach to sulfur in, in compounds that we can take. So foods such as onion and garlic contain sulfur. And so it attaches to heavy metals and allow us, allows us to remove it from the human body through the gastrointestinal tract primarily. And so you obviously have to be regular to get rid of these metals. If you're obviously constipated, then you're going to have problems getting rid of heavy metals on a daily basis. Now, every two weeks or so, people come into the clinic. I measure the heavy metals and we can see that they're going down over time to what they're doing. Not everybody likes sweat. So people don't mind it. So I look at different ways of getting it out of their human body. Sometimes we might engage in a glutathione patch. I mean, look how that is lowering heavy metals over time. But at the same time, you don't want symptoms, heavy metal toxicity, such as headaches, insomnia, brain fog, et cetera, lack of energy, et cetera, what we talked about. So this would typically take a couple of months if someone minorly on heavy metal toxic, but somebody who's got a lot of heavy metals, been storing them for decades and decades, it would typically take a year or more to get rid of all the heavy metals out of their body. A year, wow. And when do people start feeling an effect? Well, if you overdo it, you know, if you're taking too many chelators, you're taking too much, uh, you know, they have an herbal supplement for metal flush and that'll produce chelator proteins in the body. Or if you're taking too much MSM, methane, it'll bind the heavy metals, but you won't be able to get rid of all of them at once. And the body will throw more heavy metals as you get rid of it. And then sometimes the sulfur will let go of the metal and recirculate and give you those symptoms of heavy metal toxicity. So you have to go slow, you know, take a certain amount, you'll get that into a certain amount of sweat therapy and see how it affects the human body. If you overdo it, you're going to feel terrible and you'll quit for a week or two. I would say over the course of at least a couple of months, measuring the heavy metals over time, you'll see the heavy metals decrease and it falls straight in line. It correlates straight in line with people feeling better. The energy comes back. The insomnia goes away, mood disorders are decreased, and they start leading a normal productive life. The quality of their life increases. What are some of the name of common chelators that will do this, and how are they administered? You know, typically, you know, for my clients, they always start off with sweat therapies for the first month, twice a week, typically a half hour, 45 minutes. The second phase is going to be making sure that there's a the gut is cleaned. So you can get into fiber blends and different types of herbal supplements that would then clean out the gut, making sure that heavy metals are not recirculated back through the intestine through the hepatoportal vein, and then they just get recirculated through the blood. So we want to be regular. We want to be able then to make sure that the heavy metals are bound. So we can in the intestine, so you can take things like chlorella spirulina, or you can take things like pectin. High vegetable fruit diet will buy heavy metals in the gut. So it always comes back to diet. And you're able to be regular and, and buy metals for daily removal. So those things are going to be super important when you're getting rid of heavy metals on a regular basis. So the chelators can sometimes be natural chelators that the body makes. The body will increase glutathione production when you increase vitamin C. that you intake into your body, you get that from fruits and vegetables, but oftentimes it's going to be five grams of liposomal vitamin C that you're taking every day, which increases glutathione. And then a couple of months, at least two months into the treatment, you can begin using a glutathione pad, which gives off regular amounts of glutathione in the body through the skin transdermally. And when you're doing that, that's the final, you know, exit of metals out of the body and happen very quickly. What other new... What about um, taking glutathione, like either intravenously or just through pills? Did that do anything or... You can, but it's a slow daily 
tasks that you need to engage in rather than just, you know, shoot a ton of glutathione into the blood and, and then once a week and hope that's going to work. I prefer to do this daily, take out the metals daily. As they come out of the liver and kidney into the blood, they have to be bound and removed back to the liver gastrointestinal tract. So I like the slow everyday process rather than the chelation one time a week or once a month or whatever. But so you can, I'd rather transdermal than daily transdermal 24 hours a day rather than and trying to do it all in one shot through intravenous chelation. It's best to make help the body make its own metallothionine and glutathione, which are the body's main metal chelators. So by doing that, a healthy diet, lot, lots of antioxidants. Sometimes there are certain Chinese herbs that will increase metallothionine production in the body, help to chelate. You just can't overdo it. When you overdo it, you start to feel bad. When slow and steady and it's monitored over time, a couple of months, you'll be able to get rid of heavy metals and start to feel better. The new therapy is B3. So taking 50 or 100 milligrams of B3 before you get into the sauna, which opens up the blood vessels near the skin and you wind up dumping and sweating more, dumping more metals into the sweat. And so that's kind of a newer therapy that I'm engaging with some of my clients. Is there anything noticeable about the sweat? If someone's really, you know, has a lot of heavy metals in them, would there be smell or be discolored yes. or anything? Absolutely. You, When a person first begins detoxing, the sweat will typically smell bad and their partner will typically say, wow, really? But some of my clients who have engaged in mineral supplementation and sweat therapy, absolutely the, the sweat would smell bad. And they knew when the detox was over, when the sweat stopped smelling bad. I actually had a client that cured himself of cancer through sweat therapy. And I said, wow, how did you know when you were the cancer was gone besides obviously feeling better. And he said, my sweat stopped smelling so bad. And I've seen that from many different people and heard first countless stories from people who have experienced the same thing. So yeah, absolutely. Oh, wow. Does it look discolored or does it just smell bad? Like what, do you, you diagnose anything from the condition of the initial sweat? Well, if you wanted to collect sweat from your body, you could have that analyzed from your metals, that, that research, and you'd find, you know, the metals that are in your blood would come out in the sweat, same profile more or less, right? So if you wanted to do that, you could do it over time. Or you can check your urine or actually check the blood to see what's in there. Just remember that 95% of all the metals are stored in the, in the organs. So you're not going to get a good idea of exactly the full body count, but you can measure that over time. And you, we use that quantum magnetic analysis machine. You just basically hold this column of, of steel, like a steel column in your hand. It's hooked up to a computer and it measures the amount of heavy metals in the blood uh, by frequency. And so you can do that every day if you want. I do it uh, once a week. I do it on myself every day and look at different... You, what do you see when you do that? Well, I see heavy metals and then I see mineral deficiencies. And if let's say you're low in copper, people that are heavy metal toxic are typically low in copper and zinc because they're important element components of the chelators, right? Metallothionate and glutathione. And so when people supplement with that, you can see the minerals rise on the graph within about a week when you're supplementing. So that's one thing. And the other thing is when they're sweating and using sulfur compounds or have a high sulfur diet or using MSM or getting taking the Chinese herbs, that you can see the metals go down over time about something like 3% over over a week, maybe 5% by week. So you can see these numbers go down over time. You can tell they're doing the right thing and headed in the right direction. And then you can see in the graph when it goes back into normal and then their symptoms subside and they feel better. How hard is it to test for metals in what? In what? Richard, are you with me? Yeah, I was going to ask you, looking at the visual condition of the sweat, can you see anything or is it just transparent? Maybe, okay. maybe it's got a bit of a discolored yellow or something like that if it's really toxic. When you're one of compounds, but generally you can't really see them under skin. How do you test the sweat for heavy metal concentration? What does the test do and how does it work? 
Oh, well, I think you'd have to find a specialty lab. Like today, I just went to a lab and looked at blood and urine, and that'll cost you a couple hundred dollars to do that. Uh, different types of metals, but, you know, so sweat is really on a research basis. You'd have to collect probably about at least 10 milliliters, which is a lot of sweat. It's going to evaporate over time, so not the easiest thing. Probably way easier to test your... This may be off topic, but what about uh, ferritin in the blood? I've heard that men, you know, obviously because they don't menstruate, which... I hope it's not controversial. That'd be ridiculous, but it is. They, their ferritin levels will go up over time. Yep. And so you can measure that and you can see the iron in the blood, but also we just use quantum magnetic analysis, iron in the blood. Generally, we don't recommend people supplement with iron because it could have a negative effect on other elements and also could promote bacterial infection in the human body. So we measure that over time and ask people to consume iron-rich foods rather than trying to take iron supplements. Iron has to be managed when you have cancer as well. So that's okay. So so you're saying it's better to do a slow chelation, literally just a little bit every day, sweating, fiber supplement, et cetera, to take yourself through this like this protocol. Can people people can obviously do it themselves with instruction or do they need to yep. go to a physician and oh. be under their care to do this? No, I think you can can do it by yourself. It's just bad developing better daily habits, you know, and like sweating two twice a week can be done on your own without any supervision. But if you want to have an idea of what metals are in the body, then you're going to have to either buy a machine from our website or you're going to have to visit a naturopath. Obviously, it's a whole lot cheaper just to measure the metals on your own. So a lot of people are doing that. A lot of people that I work with are measuring metals on their own weekly, and I consult to them all over the world. Do you have an initial test kit where people can do it and say, oh, I need help or up? Oh, okay. No, you just buy this machine from our website. I give you the software and then you measure heavy metals in the body every day if you want and look at metal deficiencies. And then it'll also measure uh, the status of organs and organ system. What do you notice by your daily me- measurement of yourself or by measurement of your clients? Like what fluctuations do you see and how do you explain them, if any? Well, we measure the heavy metals on a weekly or bi-weekly basis and we see them going down based on their, their sweat therapies or what kind of supplements they're taking. We can see that over time. And then we look at organs and organ systems. Uh, we look at, you know, blood sugar, the function of the lungs, or, you know, we, then they engage different therapies to improve organs and organ systems over time. You know, typically what happens is they have pain, inflammation, and so reduce heavy metals and their pain decreases, their energy levels go up. I use Rife technology, quantum entanglement, so we can treat a piece of DNA, their fingernail, that we can expose it to frequencies, which affects all the rest of the DNA in the universe. So I'm able to do that, increase energy levels. I'm able to do, quickly remove heavy metals from the organs. If they, you know, don't want to engage in sweat therapies, they don't want to engage in some way of removing metals through the traditional methods. I can use terrain protocol and remote technology to actually remove metals and then bind them uh, some way or another through by taking a transdermal glutathione. So there's different ways of doing that anyway. Okay. What about the, uh, depending on which metals they have a predominance of, how does that change the protocol? Like if someone's heavy in mercury and not much lead versus someone, let's say, has a lot of lead and not much mercury, you know, does the protocol change at all? Well, it's still going to be sweat therapy. You can get rid of all those heavy metals through the blood. Lead is primarily stored in the bones. So it's stubborn to come out and it's stubborn in the blood. It's harder, harder to remove. I would say cadmium is probably one of the easiest metals to remove because I've seen people completely remove all cadmium from the body through hair testing. This is years ago. Oh, just through sweat, sweat therapy, like daily sweat therapies. Arsenic is probably easier than mercury. I've seen that uh, be removed from the body faster in full heavy metal panels looking at, you know, with the quantum magnetic 
analysis. I would see arsenic leave the body quicker than mercury. Mercury is probably one of the most resilient, if, if I can say that, or difficult to remove from the human body. Mercury and lead are the most difficult. And I think it has to do with the fact that you know, it's very binding to sulfur proteins that we naturally have difficult to pull off tissues and, you know, put into the blood so it could you know, attach to a chelator and remove through sweat therapy. It's difficult to do that. Some metals bind more easily to chelators than others. So I think mercury and lead are the most difficult from what I've seen. What about people that uh, are tired all the time? You know, maybe they've been diagnosed with fibromyalgia. Maybe they're just, again, just always tired. Yeah, maybe achy, brain fog, et cetera, but maybe tired is the predominant uh, yeah. problem. Does that usually correlate with heavy metals? And if so, which one? Yeah, absolutely. It could be a bunch of different heavy metals. I'll tell you why. Heavy metals attached to sulfur proteins, in particular hemoglobin. When the heavy metal attaches the hemoglobin, it renders it inefficient. So you don't carry as much oxygen. That is one reason. But actually, the heavy metal is attached to all kinds of sulfur on enzymes and prevent proper digestion and then proper metabolism. So you're always running on half a tank in terms of you can't digest your food properly, you can't receive energy. Uh, heavy metals interfere with mitochondrial production of ATP. ATP is the natural energy source of the cells. So if you have reduced ATP production, chances are you'll, you'll feel like you, have, you don't have much energy. And so to fix mitochondria, which is now what people consider the cause of cancer is mitochondrial dysfunction. If you don't produce enough ATP molecules, you can't detox, you can't perform daily tasks, you have brain fog, the immune system is depressed, and so it doesn't recognize and kill cancer cells as readily as before, and you develop tumors, and, and obviously you need right therapy to get to kill all the cancer in your body. But generally, that's what happens, is that uh, every metal is attached to sulfur and proteins, and enzymes and proteins, and enzymes perform all the necessary metabolic functions in your body. So once you interfere with that, you're causing all kinds of energy problems, for sure. Well, once someone does a protocol and really reduces their heavy metals to low levels, how long should they do a maintenance uh, type sweat or maintenance type chelation? Yeah, that would be at least once a week. It's a lifestyle change. And when you get into the whole sauna thing, you know, you make it a regular activity where you're, you know, you meet, and you're, you know, I have some, you know, retirees that get together and women that get together in the sauna, they have a little chat, then they go out to lunch, and they make it a bit of a social engagement. So they enjoy it. It's not so much, oh, I hate it. I have to go to the sauna. It's like, oh, no, I'm going to be so-and-so there. We have a good chat in the sauna. Then we go out to lunch and whatever. So, you know, we try to make it something enjoyable, a lifestyle change that they can get into. And they don't mind it. They don't mind it. So it's like a once a week thing because look, if you have a problem with heavy metals and you, you develop a lot of toxicity, chances are over time that you're going to continue to have that problem. So you need to do regular maintenance when all the metals are, are completely out. You're still probably collecting heavy metals from the atmosphere, et cetera. How long is the, the sauna protocol? Does it depend on how much toxicity you have? Yeah, you have to start off slow. I recommend just getting a light sweat. Some people don't sweat at all. They say, oh, I'm not a sweater. And so they have to get into the sauna, start off slow, and then each time increase by five to 10 minutes, slowly sweating more and more. And then before you know it, you're in there half hour, 45 minutes, you're coming out pretty drenched. So that has to be a regular routine. So like 30 to 45 minutes. So- to start with, uh, people should do it, let's say, every day. And then after uh, X, X number of months, they'll go down to maybe once a week. Well, you'd start off slow going, you know, once a week and then increase twice a week. Start off 15, 20 minutes at a shot, then increase to half an hour. That would be the basics of it. Oh, you ramp up slowly and then ramp down slowly. I gotcha. Yeah, I think that's right. Then you, you don't basically you don't have to do it. One other thing we have to talk about, because we're almost out of time, is Epstein-Barr virus. Epstein-Barr virus actually absorbs heavy metals. It's very common 
in people that have heavy metal toxicity. Epstein-Barr turns off the genes responsible for metallothionine, which is a natural body chelator, which helps to remove heavy metals. EBV-infected cells don't make glutathione, which is the body's natural chelator. And people with heavy metal toxicity have been always shown to have EB. On top of that, 90% of all the people line up test positive for Epstein-Barr virus because once you get it, it stays in the body, as they say, almost forever, unless you're killing it with right technology. If you're using plasma devices and you're using transferring frequencies into your body by using pads, then you can get rid of the Epstein-Barr virus and it helps you detox from the heavy metals faster. So when you say mononucleosis or Epstein-Barr or chronic fatigue syndrome, it's normally due to having not only heavy metal toxicity, but it goes hand in hand with the Epstein-Barr virus or the cytomegalovirus, which actually prevents the body from detoxing from the heavy metals. So this is some of the complexity that I deal with when dealing with heavy metal toxicity. And when I run a scalar scan rife technology using Spooky2 equipment, I always find Epstein-Barr and or cytomegalovirus when people have heavy metal toxicity. When you get the heavy metals, it sets the stage for the Epstein-Barr virus to happen due to the fact that your immune system is depressed when you have heavy metals. Epstein-Barr takes over and then it prevents the detoxification of heavy metals. So one way to do that is to kill the Epstein-Barr virus by using Rife technology, which is probably the only way you can do it because people say, oh, don't bother with that. You'll never get rid of it. But through nutrition, you can take increased lysine and a high fruit and vegetable diet. And then you can kill the Epstein-Barr through the scalar field by using spooky tube technology. And so that's one of the ways you get rid of Epstein-Barr. It will increase the amount of metals you can naturally get rid of through the body. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, also, before we forget, or before we run out of time, if I've got a coupon for people to use. If they go to spooky2-mall.com, you can see all of the different spooky Two rife pieces of equipment and different kits you can buy. There's a plasma kit to help you kill any virus, bad bacteria, parasite, or cancer in your body. And um, there's also scalar field equipment that you can set up on each side of your bed and treat yourself for viruses, parasites, bad bacteria, and cancer on a regular daily basis while you sleep. So that coupon code is BILL0908. So at B-I-L-L-0908. In addition to this, if you go to my website, you'll find coupons for Spooky2 equipment. It's always on my website, drbillmcgraw.com, D-R-B-I-L-L-M-C-G-R-A-W.com. You'll find coupons and you'll find the telemetric analysis piece of equipment you use to measure heavy metal. Excellent. Well, Bill, thank you so much for coming again back on the podcast. I really appreciate your time. Awesome. Thank you so much, Richard, for having me. It's great to do it on the road with this modern technology. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.